Hi, friend. My name is Amy Joy, and this is the Make Prayer Beautiful podcast. One of the things that I think about at times is the differences between cultures. And I don't mean this only from a really obvious standpoint of Dutch culture is different than German culture, which is different than uh, Indonesian culture, which is different than Chinese culture. Like, obviously, we have basic, very large-scale cultural differences. But I also think, okay, we have differences between generations. So the, the baby boomer generation is very different in how they think than the Gen Xers, which is different than how millennials think, and, and so on. So we have that generational difference. And so even if I think about just that kind of age-related difference, the, that cultural difference, the questions that we wrestle with are different. So I think about how modern-day children's books, let's say, have a lot about inclusivity. They have a lot about celebrating differences. They have a lot about valuing what different people bring to the table. And that makes sense in the culture that we find ourselves in today. If you go back to, let's say, the 1940s, 1950s, there's much more about overcoming difficulty, but they also are not going to use very nice language always, or at least not 21st century sensitive language around people of different ethnicities. They are not really thinking along those lines at all, quite frankly. And so as I read those to my boys, it's interesting to say, okay, I maybe I'm going to edit on the fly as I read, not because it's necessarily bad, but just because the language has shifted over time. And so some of the questions around even what is appropriate to give to our children to read, it's probably in part that the questions that each generation wrestles with are a little bit different. And so the the challenges of the past days are... uh, they're a little bit less recognizable than today. I was thinking about this at one point. One of my favorite children's book series is The Penderwicks. I remember when the first one came out, I would have been a young mother. And I stayed up until 2 a.m. reading it because I was like, this is very practical. I mean, it's, it, and yet I, I really need to know how this is going to end. How are these threads going to get resolved in a way that feels real and not contrived? And then in one of the later books, I don't remember now, it's probably book four, one of the characters is going to go from her local town to a far off big city in order to find a friend because she needs some moral support. And so she's standing at the bus stop. And I started laughing because I was like, oh my goodness, did we suddenly get transported to like 1912 or something where it was very normal? If you think about some of the orphan stories of those earlier days, it seems like children were always just, you know, packing up and heading out for like three-day excursions without their parents. Or maybe they were all orphans or something. And so, you know, it was nothing for them to be traveling across the country all by themselves. And yet in reality today... It's pretty horrifying, and I was 
questioning the author's decision until somebody sees her at the bus stop and says, no, no, you don't get to just run off to another city all by yourself. That's actually dangerous. But it made me laugh because it was such a stark contrast between the normal children's literature of different centuries <laughs> and and even kind of what would be considered like, oh, sure, here's here's our Victorian era we shall depart for a couple of days versus like, um, no, the parents actually need to keep good tabs on where their children are. And there's, there's not a lot of orphans just running around doing whatever they want. So differences in, in children's literature, differences in what children were wrestling with. And so I think there's a level of saying, okay, I am wrestling with my own challenges and that's beautiful. And I'm, I'm going to try to encourage my children to wrestle through what they're dealing with, but also to be open-handed about what children were dealing with in the 1950s or the 1930s, 1970s, 1990s. Like we get to actually just maybe identify with grace that the challenges of previous generations are not the same as the challenges that we deal with today. And so in that regard, it becomes maybe a little bit of a conversation starter around how people shift their thinking in a culture over time, as well as how different cultures think differently and how, um, oh, this is making me cry a little bit. Um, So one of my friends is, uh, he has his doctorate in sociology and he was down talking about a workshop he had gone to and It had, if I remember correctly, it was like a whole bunch of white men in their 60s. And then there was a teaching assistant who was an African-American who was sitting in on this discussion. And at one point, one of the guys, the older gentleman, said something about like, oh, you know, if only we could go back to the good old days. And the African-American was like, I'm sorry, those weren't actually good old days for my people. And by that, he meant you have nostalgia about this time, and yet people with my skin color weren't ever invited to sit at the table. Like, that was not a happy picture for me. So I think, first of all, that was really bold of him to speak up and say that in that context. But there is a level of saying, we, oh... We also get to recognize as other cultures find their voice and as they are invited to sit at the table of cultural conversation as well, that they have things to say. And so we we can welcome their voices. And I think, yeah. (laughs) Oh, so Jesus, I thank you for the ways that what you say in your word is that you get to have all people and all nations and all tribes and languages and tongues, all ethnic groups get to come and worship before you because you are worthy. And Lord, I think about this because I think how each family has their own culture and how each business has their own culture and how each person actually is a unique expression of you. And so, Lord, I think about all of these different overlapping patterns of display and how we get to come to you 
holding these beauty things and asking you to come and redeem them and restore them and make us to be vectors of your grace into the wider world. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.